Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I am Andrew Kahn. I'm Ryan Zook. And I'm Mary McMahon. We're talking NFL Draft, specifically the Wolverines who might be chosen this weekend. Plus, we look back at recent Michigan draftees and how they fared in the NFL and which current Wolverines might be NFL prospects. Coming up on Wolverine Confidential. All right, guys, good to talk to you. A couple of fully vaccinated individuals right here. And uh, Ryan, you're on your way. Yes, second yeah, one coming Friday. Soon. Friday, yeah. Very nice. Just before well, a long night of NFL coverage, so hopefully it doesn't hit me too hard. Yeah, if you're like me, you'll be <laughs> fine that night, and then the next day you will fall asleep during like the fourth round. <laughs> I think I might fall asleep during the fifth and sixth, seventh round regardless, but we'll see. Fair point. Yeah, Saturday is always the long one. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's what that's what we're going to be talking here is uh, NFL draft. It is Thursday night. It starts with the first round in prime time. And then Friday, you get the second and third rounds. And then Saturday, long day, they, they close it out. Final, final four rounds, four, five, six, and seven. As far as Wolverines that are expected to get drafted, Aaron, you put out kind of a comprehensive list of, of players to watch. So let's kind of get right into it. We'll go in, in somewhat of you know, I guess our projected order potentially for, for where these guys might go. And I think there's at least a consensus of who that first pick will be off the board for Michigan. It's Quiddy pay. Yeah. He's by and large been the, like you said, the uh, he's the guy that analysts have, have projected as the, the number one guy for Michigan. Um, he's projected to probably be a first round pick. We're looking at mid to late first round. Most, if not all mock drafts have him going in the, there in the first, but anywhere between 15 and, and 20, 25, he could slide maybe a little bit later, but the consensus seems to be that he's the top defensive end available. He may not be the top edge rusher, but he's one or two there. So it's really, I think, going to depend on a how many quarterbacks and offensive players kind of go in that first ten to fifteen, you know, pick range. But after that, he's he's kind of up. I mean, the, the, he's been linked to the Dolphins. He's been linked to I think the Chiefs. He's been linked to several different NFL teams. You know, pr- primarily teams that need an edge rusher or, or a, an edge edge guy. Um, he played primarily defensive end at Michigan, as we've mostly seen. But he's projected more as kind of a an outside linebacker, edge rusher in a three four scheme. You know, in fact, I remember asking him when we spoke to him last month before Michigan's Pro Day event. I asked him kind of where teams, you know, kind of saw him or where they wanted him to play. And he said he was getting a lot of questions and a lot of focus on on being kind of like that outside linebacker uh, in a 3-4 scheme. So look for him to kind of fill that role. Look for him to go day one, Thursday night. At this point, I, I think he's going to be the only Michigan guy to go in the first round. Um, but there is some, some question marks about the next guy, Jalen Mayfield, who, who very well could be. You know, he's targeted probably late or more more likely early second round. Yeah, I saw, you know, I wrote down just where the NFL.com mock draft had, had these guys and they had they had pay as, as high as number 11. You know, last year, there were plenty of draft picks overall. There was a, a first rounder as well and Cesar Ruiz late in the first round. Um, you only have to go back one year before that, before the last top 10 pick, Devin Bush was taken number 10 overall. Seems unlikely that pay would, you know, surpass him, but he could be could be close there. But yeah, I'm seeing Mayfield as, yeah, p- possible, you know, second round pick, it looks like, uh, you know, the offensive lineman. It, it and, seems like Jalen's you know, dropped a little bit uh, from early projections. I think uh, a couple months ago, uh, he was more of a fringe first rounder, early second rounder. But yeah, now I'm seeing him more sliding towards the, the back end of the second round. 
I mean, it's not too surprising. He, he didn't play much last year, and, and there's still not that much tape on him mm-hmm. at the NFL level. He's definitely one of those project type of, of offensive linemen and uh, high ceiling, um, kind of high risk pick, I, I think, at this point. But we'll see. You make a good point, and I, and I think it, it it's valid for both Quiddy and, and Jalen. They're both kind of high ceiling guys with a lot of upside that didn't get a ton of playing time at Michigan or maybe didn't produce at maybe the a first first round level. And, you know, I'll start with Quiddy, but, you know, he, he started all of 2019. He started bits and pieces toward the end of 18 and, and obviously started a little bit in 2020 before he got injured or, stopped, you know, stopped playing. But he just hasn't had a ton of reps. There isn't a ton of tape on him besides that 2019 season. Um, and in the case of Quiddy specifically, one of the knocks against him was maybe his lack of productivity while he was at Michigan. His most productive season, obviously, was 19. He had 50 tackles and 12 and a half for a loss and six and a half sacks. But his entire time at Michigan, he had about 11 sacks his whole career. So for an edge rusher type, someone you know, someone who's looking at him to, to get to the quarterback, there wasn't a ton of productivity there. So I, I think in the case of Quiddy specifically, they're looking, they're banking on his upside. He's he's got freakish athleticism. He can run quick. He's pretty light for his size. Um, so he's, I think, again, he's going to be, I don't see a project type because I, I do think someone can probably throw him in there and he can, he can fit and, and play right away. Um, but it's going to take some growing with him. And then, you know, with Jalen, for instance, another guy who kind of, you know, got his starting role in, in 2019, was projected again to start in 2020, didn't play a ton. And, he, and he's young. Keep in mind, he's coming out of Michigan after his junior year. He could have came back for another year of eligibility. So, uh, and, and it's rare for an offensive lineman. Offensive linemen tend to go four to five years. They, they mm-hmm. stay within the system. They're, they're older guys coming out. So he's a younger guy. But Jalen, you're right. He has slid a little bit. I don't know if that's necessarily more a knock on him or it's just a a position situation. Like I said earlier, it seems like more and more offensive guys is there more and more offensive players are kind of getting pushed up to that top of the first round. Ton of quarterbacks are expected to go. A ton of receivers are expected to go in the first round, and by default, you kind of push down some of these linemen and, and non-skill position players. And I think that's one of the reasons why you see Mayfield fall. Because keep in mind, you know, I remember seeing mock boards going into last year's or after last year's draft, kind of going into the 2020 season. Uh, Mayfield was rejected as a first-round pick. He opted out originally, and I think the assumption at that point was he could be a potential first-round pick. And now I think just the nature of the beast, the situation he finds himself kind of early, more, more early second round. Yeah. I think the same to be said about even defensive prospects in this draft too, that are kind of slipping a little bit, just based off of, of all the, the quarterbacks and the receivers and the high end offensive talent here in this draft. It seems like, yeah, there might, it might be eight, nine, 10 before any defensive player goes off the board. So definitely could be a, a unique draft on, on Thursday night and it should be an exciting one. Uh, next up, I've got, you know, again, this is this is guesswork, but Nico Collins, wide receiver, uh, third round maybe, a guy who who opted out of last season, did not play, um, but you know he's got those tools, the size, the strength, the the speed, not elite speed, but good enough given his his size. And I'll I'll remind people, I mean, this is true for most college players, but he didn't play with a you know a quarterback during his time at Michigan. That's going to play in the NFL. Some of these guys did. So you have to account for that too. You know, more often than not, he was making the quarterback look better than the other way around. So yeah. What what are your thoughts on him as a pro prospect? You know, it's notable that you brought that up because in a couple of, um, you know, analysis on Nico Collins, they mentioned that he didn't play with a particularly 
effective quarterback. And I think they're, you know, taking shots at Shea Patterson, you know, without naming him. But Nico's an interesting guy because, as I mentioned earlier, the receiver class is deep again. It was last year, and I think that's one of the reasons why he decided to come back. But he he's a unique piece here because it's it almost seems like the receivers class is getting a little bit quicker, a little bit smaller. Um, to try, you know, and I think that's a reflection of the college game nowadays. But Nico's a unique guy because of his size, like you said, but his hands too. He can catch the football. That's something I think that was pretty obvious, you know, during his time at Michigan. He didn't drop much, drop many balls. He was reliable down the field. He was a deep ball threat, and I think that's where his upside is at the NFL level. He's reliable. Uh, he has good size that can kind of match up with defensive backs. He'll win a lot of 50-50 balls, and I think that's what makes him, you know, so enticing. The problem is here with him is he didn't play. He sat out the 2020 season, so there isn't a ton of tape on him recently. Um, you don't have that kind of recent bias, the recent factor you can look at and say, well, he had, you know, he played well when he when he played in 2020 because he just did it. Um, he luckily did get invited to the Senior Bowl. I think that helped him and kind of brought him back in the minds of NFL scouts and personnel. But I think given that the depth of this class and the fact that he just didn't stand out, you know, didn't play in 2020, he was with, keep in mind too, he's within a crowded class you know, at Michigan, in terms of receivers, he had to compete for, you know, balls with Donovan Peoples-Jones, Tariq Black. There were a lot of guys there that hurt him, too. So I think at this point, he's probably a safe bet uh, to be the third Michigan guy off the board. And that point, you know, he could go second round. I would, I would not rule out maybe a late second round pick. Uh, but realistically, I'm thinking more early, maybe third round. Then I've got, this is tricky, I've got, you know, one, there's four guys at NFL.com at least has going in the fifth round, including, you know, four guys in an eight pick span, uh, kind of, you know, mid late <laughs> in that fifth round. So I don't know how we want to kind of, you know, separate these guys out. Maybe we can do, um, Nah, we could, yeah, we could, we could start, I guess. Chris Evans is a name that, uh, I have seen going in that range, um, the same time it wouldn't shock me i guess if he goes undrafted given just his kind of college career and lack of production where is his value uh to an nfl team i'm, I'm glad you brought that up because the next kind of tier of michigan guys i had trouble placing um they're all kind of in that mid-level where they could go fourth round or they could go late potentially undrafted i mean so there's a lot of unknowns chris evans is interesting because you know, his early on in his Michigan career, I thought we, a lot of us thought he could be, you know, a top tier uh, Big Ten running back. He could rush for a thousand yards. He could be that next guy. He showed explosiveness at times. He showed the ability to be that top tier back. And then he just kind of A, got crowded and, and lost in the shuffle with the rest of the running backs. He was suspended for that year, missed a year of football. And then when he came back finally last year, as we, as we all saw, he was just, again, in a crowded mix of running backs. So it's it, it certainly didn't help his stock. And, and he's found himself kind of having to prove to NFL scouts the last six months, uh, whether it's verbally or he, he was another one who got an invite to the senior bowl that, that he, he can be that guy. I don't think he will be the next Michigan guy off the board. If I had to guess, he'll probably be, you know, fifth or sixth. Um, but he's certainly going to get a look and, and, and it's not just his rolling ability too. I, I think the ability, his ability to catch the ball in the backfield is going to help him makes him a little bit more versatile than just the, you know, a, a stout by a back, who can, you know, run up the middle. Uh, so he, he'll get a look. He's got good size. Uh, he's not super quick. There isn't a ton of burst there, but I, I do think he'll find a fit somewhere. Some NFL team will, will take a sh- chance at him. Yeah. I, I thought Chris Evans's season last year was really disappointing. I mean, you didn't see much explosiveness at all. You didn't see um, that much ability coming out of the backfield and, and becoming a receiving threat. I mean, that kind of went to Blake Corum, uh, a true freshman last year. So, I mean, I think his production 
should give some NFL teams some pause and some concern. Uh, I mean, it's been it's been a while now since he was a, a productive uh, college uh, college running back. So uh, we'll, we'll see if, if teams think that that they, he can kind of rekindle that 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 level or. Or if maybe he, he just he won't be able to get back to that level that he showed here in his first few years at Michigan. So he, I, I do agree he is a interesting prospect, but I don't think he'll be. I think he'll be later rounds for sure, or a, a undrafted free agent. I don't think he's going to be a fourth fourth round pick. You know, I mentioned three guys potentially going in, in a in a short span. Again, this is just you know one person's mock or whatever. It's important um, to remember too. What was it last year? Was it ESPN's Todd McShay had? Chris Evans yeah, is like right? a top 30 first round pick. So, <laughs> yeah. so there have been, and I'm, I'm not saying that to, to knock anyone or not to criticize anyone, but that tells me that there were NFL teams, scouts and personnel that really had a favorable opinion of Chris Evans. They looked at him as a potential, you know, top tier guy. The fact that he came back in 2020 and played and just didn't have the production and didn't get a ton of film on tape goes to show that the difference between you know, a productive season with, with stuff on film and, and not, not doing anything. I think that's a difference you're saying, you know, him being a potential first or second round pick to a likely day three pick. Yeah. And, uh, there, there are others that kind of have, you know, their, their concerns as well, I, I guess. we'll again, just not to mix it all up here. We'll just, we'll stick with another offensive player, Nick Eubanks. You know, he's a tight end that I've seen again, potentially in that fifth round and Ben Mason. Who's listed? I guess he'd be he'd be a fullback. I don't know. Our NFL team's gonna gonna waste not waste, but use a draft pick on a uh, you know on a fullback. I, I don't know. So those are those are two guys that uh, again I've seen in that fifth round range. Eubanks is near the bottom of my board. Um, I put him as a potential late round guy, uh, possible free agent, priority free agent. I just don't think there's enough buzz around him. Now he may get a look just because you know he's he's got good size. And, and he can catch the football. I know we, we saw him drop some balls, but he, he is, he is decent, you know, decent sized guy. So I think, I think you'll see an NFL team take, take a shot at him, whether it's drafting him or signing him as a free agent. I don't know. I'm leaning more toward free agent. Um, okay. I just don't think, I don't think he's going to go that early, Ben Mason, I, I think will get drafted just by default. I mean, he is the, as we've talked about all the time, he is a prototypical um, fullback, uh, Jim Harbaugh type guy. Jim Harbaugh will probably lend his hand and t- talk talk a mile a minute you know, to an NFL team about him. They'll he will get him drafted. I guarantee you, Ben Ben Mason will get drafted. Where I don't know. It'll probably be fifth, sixth, seventh round. Uh, he'll go. I, I think he'll end up being more of a special teams guy in the NFL, just because you know they don't use the fullback a ton. It did look like that Ben was getting some reps at tight end, lining up as kind of more of a tight end. Um, at the senior bowl. So I think some teams are interested in seeing him there. Um, we just didn't see him catch the ball much during his Michigan career, but you know, he is that type of guy you want on your football team. He's hard hitting. He does whatever's asked of him. You kind of plug him in pretty much anywhere. So I think in that terms would be valuable. Um, but to be a, you know, fourth, fifth round pick, I, I don't know. I, I lean more toward, you know, later, later rounds with Ben Mason. We've got some defensive guys now to, to get to. Cam McGrone, uh, another guy who had eligibility remaining. Now, granted, everyone did in theory because last season didn't count, but um, he was only a, a junior actually, right? Am I mm-hmm. And one, one who hadn't even, you know, really uh, last year was supposed to be his breakout year, and yet it didn't really happen for him, but here he is in the NFL draft. I, I think I wrote this on, in this, on the site today, but I, I do think 
you know, Cam McGrone is leveraging his 2019 season. I thought that was a breakout year for him, but I, I do think he needed to build on that 2020. Didn't really do it. Only played a couple of games, left, you know, injured with a 20 ACL, it turns out. So it was a pretty serious injury. I'm kind of surprised he didn't come back for 2021. You know, I, in fact, I asked him before pro day if he considered or what maybe, whether the ACL injury, you know, made him think twice about coming back. He said he thought about it, but he he, he had decided he was going to go draft, and that's what he wanted to do. Uh, it sounded like this decision was kind of made after the 2019 season, after he played so well. He got a bunch of starts. Uh, he was looking good. Um, the problem is he needed to play in another year. He needed another year of eligibility to play in college to become eligible for that NFL draft. Uh, so he did. He didn't play a ton as we saw. I, I do think he's going to get a chance. He'll probably get drafted. I think I have him fourth or fifth round. Mel Kuyper of ESPN is really high on him. I remember asking him a couple of months ago about Cam McGrone, and he called Cam one of his more underrated prospects in the draft. I think just because of his lack of production in 2020 and him being you know, a, a junior um, inside linebacker. So I I do think he'll get a shot. You know, he's he's very, I think it was uh, NFL.com's Lance Ireland wrote this in his prospect profile of, of Cam, but he's very much a kind of a straw guy, whereas he, you give him one job, he can accomplish it. But when you go with misdirection, do different things offensively, you catch him off guard. So I think there's still some learning to go, to go with Cam McGrone. He's got some building to do. He'll probably have to sit in the system for a year or two and learn it before he starts seeing playing time. Um, but someone's going to take a chance on him. He's just too quick and, and too fast uh, and too good, I think, not to, to, not to pass up. Ambry Thomas is another one. He sat out last season as well, defensive back. Again, it was kind of like a guy who had come on the year before, um, and you're looking to see a big, you know, even bigger thing from him the following season, but then, you know, he didn't play. But again, I'm seeing him, I don't know, sixth round NFL, CBS had him fourth round. Others have not listed him at all. Yeah. That's that's another another name to watch. Yeah, so I have Ambry f- rounds four or five. I have him in that mix with Cam McGrone uh, as kind of that fourth or fifth guy off the board for Michigan. Uh, he's another high upside guy who played relatively well in 2019. He was kind of just starting to come along. He started a bunch. He was playing well. He had bulked up a little bit. Uh, and then he decides to opt out for 2020. Obviously, that's his decision. That's something that he you know he made a decision on. I think it hurt him a little bit. I think he needed to play 2020 to kind of build off what he did in 2019. Didn't get that. He was another one who luckily got an invite to the senior bowl. That probably helped him a little bit, but I do think him not playing in 2019 hurt his draft stock. That being said, I do think there's enough there. And when you go back and look at his production at Michigan, I mean, he was pretty good. I mean, he had his best year in 19. He had he had three interceptions. He had a bunch of tackles for loss. Uh, he was getting the football. So he's shown that ball hawking skill, those ball hawking skills that I think you need in a lockdown corner. You know, but where his his IQ fits in remains to be seen because a lot. Keep in mind, a lot of these corners in Don Brown's system aren't very familiar with zone that we saw them. We saw that hurt Lambert Hill last year with his draft stock and his ability to play catch on at the NFL level. We'll see where, where it affects Ambry. I do think Ambry gets drafted at probably that fourth, fifth, sixth round range. Like you said, he's right there with Cam McGrone, like you said, the fourth guy off the board, but I, I do think uh, he gets drafted and it's important to point out. I, I think and this, again, this is all my projections and based on what I've read and looked at, I think McGrone and Thomas go ahead of Chris Evans and Ben Mason. I, I do, th- but I do think Chris Evans and Ben Mason will go and probably be later on late rounds, but all those guys are intriguing to watch because they've, I mean, they've all kind of got upside coming from the Michigan program that, that has a, have shown an ability to translate guys to the NFL level and get guys drafted. 
uh, it's just about a lot, especially late in the rounds. It's, it's about fit. Where do these guys fit the best? Which teams like them the most? And, you know, a lot of times it's connections too. Jim Harbaugh can pick up the phone and tell someone, say, hey, you should draft so-and-so because X. And they will listen to Jim Harbaugh, A, because Jim Harbaugh is playing in the NFL. He was successful in the NFL. But, you know, he's, he's, he also knows what he's talking about. He's not going to lend, lend those type of endorsements. Yeah. If they're the not valid, I don't think. Yeah, yeah exactly. I'm, yeah. Cause it'll, it'll lose his credibility then going forward. Okay. So there's one other name that I've seen and then uh, either you, Aaron or, or Ryan chime in if there's another name that I've missed. And then I've got a, I've got a question for both of you, but that, that name is Carlo Kemp. I've seen him, you know, fifth round, sixth round, um, a guy who's maybe at a position at times, you know, for Michigan, um, but maybe could be, you know, effective in a, in a particular role in the NFL. Um, yeah, is it, is it is there a possibility he could get drafted? And is there anyone I've missed? Arlo, again, is another interesting guy. He's, he's a tweener. Uh, we saw him play end. We saw him play tackle. We saw him line up three different spots in the defensive line during his tenure. I mean, he he was all over the place. And the problem is he wasn't very good at anything. He was fine at, at spots. He was experienced. He was a good guy to have on the team. Just wasn't very productive. That being said, he's a smart guy. Uh, he knows the game of football. He's got a family lineage in the game. Uh, he's got connections. He comes from Michigan, a generally winning program, as I mentioned. So that could help him. Uh, I, I, would, I lean toward a priority free agent, undrafted free agent. That being said, again, it would not shock me if he goes late, whether it's sixth or seventh round, a team's looking for a guy to carry on the, the practice squad, the front line, and they pick him up. Uh, he does have some athleticism. Uh, for those that are following pretty in depth, he, he had an interception return for a touchdown at the Hula Bowl, uh, kind of showed off his speed and his, his ability. So there, there's something there. But it's tough to say with some of these later guys just because, you know, they could go. You, you, like last year, I remember having this conversation with you guys. We were, mm-hmm. we were speculating on the number of guys that get drafted. And I think yes. all of us were wrong. And I think it went higher than what we all expected. Way higher. <laughs> yeah. And, and it, that's just, I think, the reality with this Michigan football program. These guys are all playing at high levels in the Big Ten. You got a, a head coach who has an NFL background and pedigree. He's got connections in the NFL. So it, it does not would not surprise me if if all of these guys are drafted come come this weekend. So what would you set the over under at I've, this year I've, then? <laughs> I've got my number and, and Aaron Aaron I'm going to set it for you guys to, to bet on because Aaron's already tipped his hand with some of these names you know his predictions and my number is absolutely perfect for him because I've been I've been counting off what he's been saying it's seven and a half we've listed nine guys and unless there's someone that i missed so we've got pay mayfield collins evans eubanks mason mcgrone thomas and kemp that's nine and it's hard to say who who the locks are outside of pay mayfield and collins i, I think those three are locks but then you've got you've just got this kind of middle where it could be you know again based on aaron he said yes to mason thomas mcgrone but he was no on Eubanks and Kemp. So that would put him at seven. So that would be Evans as a potential swing for him. Uh, so seven and a half is my number. Again, that might've been the number we set last year and it was 10. 11 or 10. 10. Yeah. yeah 10 year, when yeah. all is said and done. So maybe I'm underselling it, but you guys tell me, I'm just trying to get one of you, uh, one of you above and one of you under. I'll start off and I'll say, I, I think it should be under, but I'm going to go over just based off of last year. I mean, I, I don't think, Evans, Eubanks, or or Kemp, really, I, I don't think they're 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 should be in the top seven rounds. But I, I think teams are going to take late flyers on them based off of just what what Michigan has been able to, to produce these last couple of years. And I'll go with with eight picks. Yeah, with uh, 
Oh, and there's Ben Mason in there too. Yeah. Did I say Eubanks? I don't think you, I meant Mason and not Eubanks will be drafted, but even like this uh, sporting news seven round mock. I mean, he, they have Eubanks going like the fifth round Kemp going Evans going. So it's like, it's tough to, to, to really tell. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll go over, but I think it should be under, but I'm re- I'm going to go over. I'm going to agree with you, Ryan. I think I'm going to go over too. Um, just based off every projection I have here. Uh, I think it's a shoe in that Quiddy Pay, Jalen Mayfield, Nico Collins, Cam Grone, Ambry Go. That's five. And then of Evans, Mason, Kemp, Eubanks, I have to think three, at least three of the four are going to go. So I'll, I'll go over two. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if Michigan kind of straddles that seven to eight guy line there. Um, the house is exposed. <laughs> I will say, I mean, last year you said Michigan had 10 drafted and then you had three others that were not. So there were three that went undrafted last year and it was names. I think some of us thought would get drafted like Levert Hill. We thought would go. I think we were assumed Shea Patterson was gonna get drafted just because of the quarterback. And then you had Sean McCune. So it, they did have three undrafted free. They had Michigan had a larger class last year. But there were also names that we thought necessarily weren't going to get drafted that did, like Mike Dana. So Jordan Glasgow. Jordan Glasgow. I think I thought he would. Uh, I think there's an assumption he would. But you, um, you guys both keep saying that because they had a lot last year and the year before that, like that you'll think they'll go high this year. I mean, those guys have to like perform for it to then matter. Like the Michigan name, the brand will only Harbaugh will only carry it for so long if they don't perform. Now well, that, I, I, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I think once you get on the team, now I, I think I think like I said, I think there is something to Harbaugh and the Michigan name just to get get a guy drafted and or signed. Um, but yeah, you're right. Once you get on the roster, and whether it's practice squad, whether it's main roster, you do have to obviously prove yourself. There's there's I think there's something there's a difference between opening the door and getting letting your you know letting someone get their foot in the door, and then obviously they have to prove themselves. So. It's it's tough to say whether these guys should be drafted or not, just because you're not in the war rooms with these teams. You don't know who's on their board. You don't know who they like and who they don't like. And that's why it's a crapshoot with the draft, um, you know, especially late rounds, because you could see crazy stuff happen. Now, and there are two names we haven't mentioned that are draft eligible too that probably won't go just because they're special team guys. But like Quinn Nordine is available. Cameron mm-hmm. Cheeseman is available. I don't think a team's going to waste a draft pick on them. I, and I shouldn't say waste because that's, that's yeah. you know, it's, a, it's, you know, it's a term. I know. I understand. So like, it, it's one of those things where like, it wouldn't shock me if someone went with Cheeseman because I mean, he is number one rated long snapper. And if you need, if a team needs a long snapper, he's your guy. So it's, it's one of those things where it's like, it, it and if away. you need a great, you know, in-depth profile on the guy M live is your source. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I hear what you're saying, L- listen, this kind of leads us to what the next thing that I was going to ask about, which was, I think everyone knows who the best Michigan, you know, football alum of all time is. There's kind of no doubt about that. He's potentially the best, you know, player in NFL history, most accomplished. And that's Tom Brady. Since he was drafted in 2000, this is going to be almost impossible. I've looked it up, so I know. But how many players do you think Michigan players uh, have come and gone in the NFL, whether they've been drafted or not, have at least played in the NFL since then? That was 2000. So their their careers are done. Tom Brady's yeah. obviously still playing. 65, 70. We'll go with 70. I'll go 71. Uh, you should have gone the other way. Uh, 54. 54. So it's a large number of Michigan players have come and gone the NFL since the oldest one who's still around 
Chad Henney, 2008, uh, you know, draft class. He he's still playing. Like who who are the best though besides Tom Brady? I got a few names. I, I you know I looked into it as far as like who 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 are the best players, the most accomplished. And then when the next one would be like looking ahead, what's the next wave of you know recent draft picks that you think can can make some noise? But who since Brady would you say like? To me, Brandon Graham comes to mind. For sure. He's pretty accomplished. Frank Clark has been really good. That's a good one. Taylor Lewan has been an anchor for the Titans offensive line for a while. Yeah. Those are the three that I wrote down right away. Yeah. Those are, it's good. It's like a good NFL. I mean, you got Charles Woodson if you want to go back yet farther. I'm going down the list now. Yeah. Um, I mean, before him, Woodson stuck out to me right away. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it's interesting. But, like the the next wave, because this is what you're talking about. Like, okay, these these guys have to produce. You know, who who are you looking at as like potential future? You know, stars in this league, or maybe they're already there. But you know, guys taken in the last five years, say. I'll start with an under the radar guy who had a surprise, really good rookie season. That's Michael Onwenu. I mean, he was the third highest ranked rookie in the class, and the two guys ahead of him. Uh, Justin Jefferson and Chase Young were both first round picks. So, I mean, I think he surprised a lot of people uh, with how effective he was for the, for the Patriots last year. Um, and I, he could just only get better from here on out to, to be that effective as a rookie. Um, I mean, it's, it's pretty impressive. So uh, that's, that's one name and I'll let Aaron say maybe one or two before I, I go into another. On Wenu is a perfect example of someone who kind of flies under the radar. Cause I remember last year we were debating, I think whether he was even going to get drafted or not. Mm-hmm. And he, he goes to the Patriots is in a system. He kind of fits a system. He, he's given a role and he's, he's excelling at it. I think that's a perfect example. Um, I don't know if he's going to be good or see, it's hard to measure with, with, the, with the offense alignment, but like Cesar Ruiz, I mean, he, mm-hmm. he's a rookie this year. He played, he started almost every game. They threw him in at guard. He played well. So I mean, it's hard to measure, you know, a quality of an offensive lineman. But I think, I think Caesar Reese is someone who's going to have a lot of longevity and he'll be around the, the National Football League a long time. Um, he'll be around for a while, I think. Uche is a name I thought would surprise some folks. He had a decent year in, in New England production-wise. I think he's another guy who could be around the league for a while, just based off his talent, his his stature, and everything, all the like. So I, I guess I'll stick with him too. Devin Bush. I mean, yeah, that. That's mine. I mean, I, I think Devin, you know, he got hurt, but man, he was, he was tracking to be a, yeah, a, a true star. I'll give you another name here to who I think is really coming to coming into his own in the NFL is Jabril Preppers. I mean, he's kind of found a home in, in with the giants and has had some, a couple really good years for them and battled some injuries last year, but still it was finished top two or three on the team in tackles. Um, and I think his is really starting to, to become a really solid NFL player. I don't know about, complete star potential, but a very effective safety in the NFL. Now, if we want to go even more into the future here to kind of bookend this whole episode, current Wolverines, so they're not in the draft class now, they're on, they're on the roster. The UC is potential first, second round picks, maybe give me a guy on each each side of the ball. I mean, a guy that sticks out to me right away in defense, Daxton Hill. I think he'll be a star. I think he is. He has the body and the, the size already playing at the NFL level. He just needs, I think, another year of eligibility, and he's good. He'll see, he'll be a guy you'll see go out uh, next year. He'll probably be a top day one, day two guy. 
offensive side of the ball, that's a good question. Um, I, I have a, I have a name for you though. It's it's tough because there's not there's not many guys that have have had the opportunity yet to really develop their stock or have, are still kind of developing. But one guy that that I really like is Ryan Hayes as an offensive tackle. I mean, I absolutely love offensive linemen with athleticism, and and he definitely falls under that category. I mean, I think he still has tremendous potential and was still relatively new to playing the O-line. Remember, he was a, a tight end in, in high school. So I think I really liked him in, in 2019. And if he can stay healthy and can, and can turn some heads as the anchor of this O-line next year, he could really see his his stock rise. Um, yeah, tough break for him last year too with, with some injury issues. But uh, I think the ceiling is, is very high for him. Yeah, I'd agree with that. He was a name that was kind of running through my head. I, it's tough to tell, but again, it's tough to say with these guys. I mean, I think, I think Andrew Stumer will no, no doubt get drafted next year. I don't know if it'd be high or not. I think Trevor Keegan has a bright future. Zach uh, Center, Center. So, like a lot of these guys, they need the time to develop, and 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 especially the offensive side of the ball. Uh, receivers are interesting too. I think Cornelius Johnson can eventually be very good. He's got the size and the athleticism, but again. I need there more just time hasn't been it. enough production yet or, or proven film yeah. from them yet to really say. I mean, it could be a little, there could be a little bit of a lull here for Michigan draft pro- prospects in the next couple of years. That pretty much wraps up this episode of NFL draft coverage. We got seven and a half. Both guys took over, but it was a good number. You guys were both said it was probably going to be eight. I try to find this actually listed somewhere, you know, all these apps we have now. Um, <laughs> I could only see it for, uh, the conferences they did list like the total number of like big 10 players. You could bet on that and where guys would fall. Uh, Hey, let's end with the lions. So we, I'm sure we have a lot of listeners that are, that are fans of, of the lions as well. Picking number seven, who you got, who should Detroit take? You're on the clock. And you put me on the spot here. I mean, they probably need someone defensively. Give right? me a position. If you don't want to say a player, yeah, yeah. defensive lineman, linebacker, not I'm a quarterback. Very- no, they got their guy, right? Isn't that the whole point of training Stafford for golf? Yeah, yeah, I would think so. Yeah, I didn't yeah, know if that I was just a went, stop gap for a younger guy. I, I wasn't sure. I think the, the plan is for them to be uh, – they're not going to be very good next season, so you could have a top three pick the following year, and that's yeah. when you could draft the, the quarterback. I, I think they should should trade down and kind of recoup some more assets, but – uh, again, I'm not I'm not a Lions fan. I I root for another team, so I'll be more monitoring what what they're doing on on Thursday. But what are their needs? What are the Green Bay Packers' needs? Uh, well, they, they need some help on the offensive line now, and and some uh, receiver at linebacker. So there's any three of those positions would be uh, would be my preference, but we'll we'll see. The New York Jets have the number two pick overall. <laughs> I'm very confident that no matter who it is, he won't be on the team in three years. Uh, so what does it really matter? Too. I said they'll probably be booed too. Yes, that that's another guarantee. Yeah, it's um, going to be unfortunate when like some of these quarterbacks in this class turn out to be stars, and then Zach Wilson is just I don't know. I, I like Zach Wilson as a prospect too, but yeah, this the Jets just don't have much luck here drafting uh, in recent years. So we'll nope. see. Um, all right. Well, it all starts Thursday night. Stay tuned for coverage on MLive.com of all the Wolverines taken. And thank you for listening.